he came and he he presented the movie and he and he's like we're in a big theater with 400 people and and typically with animatics i fall asleep but the animatics with this were just beautiful watercolors of them walking up in the hill and doing all that stuff and it was just it was such a moving such an emotional story and not and it and it ran the gamut it wasn't happy you know what i mean it has it has a poignant you know happy upside but all of these vignettes all these little things like the Doug thing and Doug days, they're all so upbeat. It's just amazing. Loved it. In a world where you only have trailers and posters to judge a movie, Jim and Ted strike out to answer the age-old question, will you see it? Hello, Stranger Ted. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It feels like it's been a whole year since we spoke. I know. It's our first show of 2022. Such a weird, such a weird thing, huh? 2022. I know. 2022. So we got a lot to get into. It's going to be the Jim and Ted hour a little bit. We do have a trailer. We have a trailer. We have a trailer. A lot of what we're watching, some of what we've been up to, and... uh, why don't we start beer since it- all right beer me hit me with a beer you got there okay so for christmas my in-laws were here and uh you know frank and barbara were here and yeah. we had a great christmas and everything and they got me an inverse beer advent calendar oh nice so it starts on christmas yeah but i told frank i said i'm gonna have one uh a show so i have uh, 24 weeks of this oh my god <laughs> It's half a year. <laughs> yeah, and it's all German beer. So okay. uh, what I'm going to do is I do have a number of stouts and IPAs I'll probably sprinkle in here and there so it's not straight German lagers for the next, yeah. you know, yeah, six months. But tonight is is first day of my uh, uh, 2022 advent calendar. Okay. And it is a Grantler Hell Grumpy German Hellas. So you can see it there. Oh, look at that. That's some fun beer there. Yeah, it's a 1.9 fluid ounces in a can. No, it's not 1.9 fluid ounces. Yeah, f- 500 milliliters, 1.9. But that's not 1.9 fluid ounces. What did I say? You said 1.9 fluid ounces. That'd be like a thimble. That'd be like a... Oh, no, no, no. no. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, how do you say it? 1.9... What is it? No. I'm. I'm oh, my God. My brain is drawing a blank. <laughs> This is what happens when you get a year older. I call I call it vacation lag. I you know at work all this week all this week at work I've been like uh, emailing people who are like Ted I don't work here, work in that department anymore. I was like oh sh- shoot sorry I'll BCC you off of this thing. But uh, yeah, well whatever whatever it's called whatever the size is it's a it's a it's a tall boy. It's like a twenty. It's a tall bottle in a can. Right. Okay. There you go. Only four point nine percent. So it's a little bit low. Yeah. I mean I think the Germans you the German German beers are gonna they they typically are in that between four and six i think you know the kolsch's and all that stuff they're fun beers they're light beers yeah we'll see oh it smells good yeah i'll let that head go down a second what do you have you're coming at me with like a 16 percenter or something <laughs> no but this is the last of my birthday beer from from frank and barbara so holy cow so i had i strung it along and i wasn't drinking beer on vacation you know the the weeks that we had off um drinking a lot of wine with the wife you know okay she doesn't drink beer so right i, I saved it so this is the last of the chris the birthday beer and i don't even know how to say this whether it's a p or a d but it's p 
Paris. Paris Grand Crew. Crew. C-R-U? Is that how you say it? Oh, Grand Crew. Oh, yeah. Those. Let me see the bottle. Yeah, I will. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to fall over yourself with this one. It is a 2014 product of Belgium. Look at that thing. Yeah, look at that. That looks amazing. Tell me that that doesn't look delicious to you. The Grand Crew. It's an ale brewed with spices, natural flavors, and aged in cognac barrels. Cognac barrels. Wow. That's a little, that's a little different, right? Cognac barrels. Man, a 2014. That's like seven years old now. <laughs> well, probably Eight. when they when they did. It's probably six and a half years, though, for real. Right, right, right. All right. So it is a 10 percenter. Nice. Ah, and the cork is. I will come at you with some high gravity ones, but okay. I'm going to wait till your guards down. <laughs> I'm going to have a number of like a few weeks of these German ones. And then all of a sudden, bam, 14 percent is going to hit you. You won't even see it coming. <laughs> I probably won't even see it coming. You'll know it after it hits you. Give me a tasting note there. You could taste the cognac. Really? OK. It's a little flat. I don't know whether flat on the carb on the carbonation flat on the on the carbonation. Wow. So I don't huh. know what what happened with the carb. The cork was in there tight. It was in there good. But the carb was just off. Yeah. Maybe that's just the style of it. It's supposed to be. I, it might be the style. It might be the style. Yeah. Usually the Belgians are like really like fizzy almost. Yeah. This is not. Yeah. No. Look at that. There's like some bubbles. Not that's, that's <laughs> it. Just big bubbles we'll see we'll see how it, we'll see how it tastes it's almost like a liqueur right how about yours oh mine's fantastic it is uh it's it's almost like a citrusy lager okay i know you're not a huge lager fan i think you can get behind this one okay okay it's sort of lemon a little bit of lemon flavor nice very smooth very light crisp when it finishes it's like crisp and it's almost the flavor falls off your palate. Okay. And then when you drink the next one, it's like another, you take a, <laughs> another sip. It's like, right. it's like reliving the first sip all over again. New, new, new all over again. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good. So overall, how was your Christmas, New Year's? You said vacation and such. Ama amazing time. Amazing, you know, and put together a wonderful trip for us, you know, before. To Sequoia? Was that it? Well, yeah. So we had planned to go to Sequoia with some friends. And what was it like five days before Sequoia, five days before the trip. So around the 20th, we're going to go just for Christmas Day and Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. And around the 20th, Sequoia, the, the resort calls us and they're like, we're canceling everybody's stays. COVID. No, the winter storm. Oh, oh. The bands of weather that's coming too. They they said they were expecting like 70 inches or something. So astronomical. Yeah, they got insane. They got insane. Well, we got <laughs> uh, the month of December here in Lompoc. We got about, I think it was like 18 inches of rain. Uh, yeah. So imagine that in Sequoia. They got snow uh, up the yin yang. They said, we're kicking everybody out of the resort right now. Yeah, you'd be stranded. We're sending all the people home, uh, all the people that work here home and you know we're just uh canceling everybody and sending everybody's stuff back and i was like great i get the money i get the money back oh you, they gave your money back and stuff yeah yeah and i said i'm gonna save so much money and then ann said i got it i got it i made this great vacation for us san diego in the center of san francisco downtown san francisco union square i'm like oh those hotels are not inexpensive oh, <laughs> but we man, this but, guy. But we but we did we got some points we used some points we used some stuff and we didn't have to fly because we drove the Tesla from L.A. to San Francisco. So it was pretty awesome. Did it make it in one in one fell swoop? No, but you put in any address in America 
and the car will tell you exactly where it needs to stop, where it wants to stop at all the supercharging stations, and then it'll tell you when it's ready to go again. It drives you right to like Omaha, Nebraska, and then it comes <laughs> back to... <laughs> it's not the U.S. mail. Come on. <laughs> or, no, right. Or FedEx yeah. or whatever FedEx is, you know, it's not a hub... It's not a hub central kind of thing. Yeah, USPS does that to me too That's often, especially when you get stuff from from like eBay. Yeah, you buy it from like whatever. It'll come from like Minneapolis. Next thing you're like, why is it in, in Miami? <laughs> and you're like, it's getting closer. It's getting closer. Oh, it's getting further away now. <laughs> went to Long Beach. Went to Long Beach. Oh, it's going. To no, then it's in Phoenix. You're like, okay, it's on its way. And then it's like, yeah, it's like back Atlanta. in Rapid City, Iowa. You're like, huh? <laughs> All over the country. No, but it was awesome. I, I will say that I am 100% spoiled on on especially, you know, road trip driving. Man, you just tur- you just turn on the road. You just turn on the autopilot on the freeway and it'll change lanes when it wants to. And it does its own thing. <laughs> you know, you kind of keep your hand on the on the steering wheel just so it knows you're there. But but I think this was the first trip that Anne actually felt comfortable enough with me driving that she could sleep. Huh. Like she's always she's always on pins and needles and she's like, Are you okay? Are you awake? Are you doing it? <laughs> you know? Like any other car you Yeah, mean. for our whole lives together, she's always been like right. uh, up on it and like you know how sometimes you hit a you you take a turn on the freeway and you're kind of going along straight and hit those rumble strips or something. Oh yeah, and you just you know you hit them. You you're not even you're not falling asleep or anything. You're just like taking a curve and you kind of misjudge the curve a little bit. And Anne will be like, "Oh my god, are you falling asleep? Are you?" <laughs> you know, I'm like, "You're there. You're awake." You're and this thing never does that because it's following the paint. Exactly, it's following the paint. So even if you're driving, it'll take over and like jerk the wheel from you. No, 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 no. It won't do that. Oh, okay. But you. Can jerk the wheel from it so you could still rumble strip it if you chose to right right gotcha okay but i'm trying to get my high summit my high uh beta uh safety score so i can get the full auto full auto full automated driving F- or full self-driving fsd so i'm trying to qualify for that that hasn't rolled out yet so wait the car monitors your safety of driving and then says you're worthy yes well they haven't said anyone's worthy yet I've called in to say, like, have you let the 98s in yet? Because I'm sitting here at 95, 94, 95, 94. I bounce back and forth. Safety? Safety, like following too close or oh, stopping too fast. It measures stopping by G-forces. So if you stop shorter, if you cause a 0.3 Gs pull on the car, it'll it'll ding you. And if you cause a 0.4 Gs forces on the car changing lanes, it's like, oh, you're changing lanes too fast. You're you're darting in and out of traffic too fast. So you need to stop doing that. Huh. Man, big brother, huh? <laughs> That's what Frank said. Frank was like, I'm not letting a car see how I drive. I'm like, yeah, that Frank, that's because we see how you drive. <laughs> Well, yeah, and it's like, you know, he'll be he'll like bitch about climate change. He'll bitch about all kinds of stuff. And then I'll say something to him, you know, and I'll say, man, Frank, like he's up on the gas pedal a little bit. I never drive for gas mileage. (laughs) And I'm just like, okay, whatever. Oh, yeah. And it was like, uh, what was it? Like 30 bucks. It was like 30 bucks each way on on electric on on electricity charges on charges. Oh, OK. Gotcha. So typically, typically it would be, you know, 150 bucks each way for our for our SUV to go to and for to and from there. So you pull over to charge. Yeah, it's a longer charge. 30 minutes. It's 20 to 30 minutes charge. It's not too bad. So, OK, you stop 30 minutes. 
it gets you how high in the in the capacity of the battery. When you're going long range, you're allowed to go to a hundred percent, but it warns you. It says, you know, these batteries are, you know, not conditioned to to be hundred percent charged. You should live around eighty to eighty five percent charge for all the local stuff. Do they get conditioned? No, they don't get conditioned. They just start failing. I think <laughs> so. They, oh, okay. So they're they're very fragile. I've 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 entered into this whole world like. I've completely replaced all of my fantasy football uh, pod, you know, fantasy football YouTube watching with Tesla automotive watching. <laughs> so in the background while I'm working, I'll put on a Tesla YouTube or two and uh, hear about the new batteries that they're developing for the 2022. See, I told you, man, it's just it's a big gadget. <laughs> it is totally a big gadget. I'm like, yeah. all right, my next Tesla is going to have the new lead batteries. They're so much more durable. You can charge them 100%. And... Oh, so the, the what are these? Uh, lithium? They're lithium chemistry or some, I don't know. The guy knows. <laughs> They're like lithium cadmium chemistry. It's like a, like a three metal name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Man, oh man, this guy. And then, so you guys spend Christmas in San Francisco? So we spent Christmas at home because who wants to lug around gifts and, you know, Santa Claus doesn't know where he's going to go. Well, you don't have to bring a tree with you. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so we we did Christmas here. We did Boxing Day here. And we left on the Tuesday. What are you, Canadian now? Yeah, you know, British, Canadian. We like, yeah. we like Boxing Day. Um, so we left on Tuesday. But, uh, let's see. It was Saturday was Christmas. Sunday was Boxing Day. So it was like the 26th or 27th. And we did New Year's in San Francisco. <laughs> and Anne was the only one awake for New Year's. Like in the middle of the night, Bryce, Audrey, and I would all fall asleep watching TV. And uh, we're in the middle of uh, Union Square. <laughs> you could hear people, you know, you could see fireworks, or so I was told. And woke us all up at midnight to say, hey, happy new year. And then I kissed Dan and went back to sleep. Yeah, we were in bed, I don't know, 10, 30, 11, something. We had plans with uh, other, like, uh, another family in the area uh -huh. and then they all came down with covid mm. so that was canceled no way yeah yeah they all got he's a chp officer his wife's photographer and um you know kids go to school with the boys and stuff right yeah no his mother-in-law was there and she had covid next thing you know the whole house has covid and wow and uh so we wound up uh, staying home and i think we watched a movie or something maybe two uh -huh. and about 10 30 quarter to 11 i mean it was like i was reading and next thing you know like the book was <laughs> in my face and i'm like i'm going to bed not worth slamming a book in your face. <laughs> yeah. And then following morning, got up, uh, went for a, a road ride with another guy in the area. Nice. And, uh, you know, about three hour ride. And we figured, well, you know, New Year's morning traffic will be mild. And traffic wasn't bad at all. I mean, it was pretty quiet morning. Nice. And uh, we did our little ride and stuff. And yeah, it was it was it was a good time. So and then, you know, I. Kind of going back to the episode we last had where I was having like the heart palpitations. Yeah, tell me about this. The PVCs and stuff. So now I'm wearing a two-week monitor. Okay. Uh, went to the cardiologist. What do they say what, when they hand you the monitor? They What are they looking for? Well, I mean, it's right here. See? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just... Just taped there, yeah? Yeah, it's just taped on your chest. Do they shave that area there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then um, I wound up trimming the whole thing because it was really awkward. <laughs> It would be like it would be like go it would be like your beard if you only took off half of your face. 
and I was looking in the mirror and I'm like, this is just weird. I have like half the chest hair. Yeah. So I just, I got the, I got the beard trimmers out, whatever. I just took the rest of it off. Figure let it grow back even and I'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. So I go back on the 31st. So this is done in five days. Uh huh. It's, it's two weeks total. This is done in five days. I go back on the 31st and they're going to do like a stress echo where I run the treadmill and and echocardiogram, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Did you say, can I bring my bike? I don't like a tread. I don't like the treadmill. Yeah, running is too much like work. <laughs> Running's know? like, you know, the treadmill was originally invented as a torture device in medieval times. So. Yeah. What do you think I am, a gerbil? <laughs> you know, I'm like a hamster, you know, on the hamster wheel. Yeah. But yeah, so, um, you know, I'm going to do that and we'll see what they say. I mean, I go, they go, they come and they go. And like today they were kind of annoying. Um, there's been some nights where they're going all night and some nights were nothing. And I'm just like, I get awesome night sleeps. And, uh, you know, t- and you're doing your meditation and you're doing and you're cutting back on the coffee. Yeah, I have about a cup in the morning. And that's it. Cup and a half. Uh-huh. First day having a beer in a couple weeks. Right. So yeah, I take that back. I did have one beer and one glass of wine on new year's eve there you go so yeah i had a beer while cooking dinner and i had a glass of wine with dinner so i figured hell it's new year's eve why not yeah other than that though i haven't really had any beer since we spoke last and and then does a cardiologist have any speculation or they're just gonna read the the readout of this two-week thing and then i asked because they did it uh ecg and Uh and I said, you know, she said it looks normal. I said, can you tell like the structure of the heart? Because I know like on ECGs, it'll indicate like hypertrophy of the wall thickness of the heart and stuff based on how. Oh, my God. <laughs> how fast the signal goes and all that stuff. You right? know way too much about this already. <laughs> Dude, I've been reading tons. <laughs> and so I asked her, I said, can you see the structure of the heart if everything's OK? She said, I want to wait to have the echocardiogram before I say anything. I was like, okay, fair enough. Yeah. You know, so uh, then that day when I was done, it was literally like a block down from Paul's house. So stopped over there. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Me, Paul, and the boys and Delilah went for lunch, although Delilah had her own lunch. I got, like I said, I got to go back in, in, uh, on the 31st and then christmas eve did you drive over there yeah i was in santa barbara yeah that's what i thought i just yeah. didn't want you like you know biking over there yeah <laughs> like already you're i'm pre i'm pre-stressed for you exactly yeah <laughs> i'm totally i'm totally smoked no and then christmas eve we had paul and his family over oh nice yeah and then my in-laws of course and you know we had uh seafood pasta we made a pesto oh that's right yeah pesto shrimp and scallop i i helped save i helped save that meal for you oh it was amazing <laughs> lobster frank, bisque frank, frank came over we oh came, the clams yeah frank came yeah. over what two days before or the day before so we'd have dinner with frank and barbara and our family and uh and he's like i was sent on a mission i've been looking all day for clams and I couldn't find them anywhere. Yeah, they they were all gone here, too. I, I was shocked. So I told him, I said, hop in the Tesla. He goes, are you going to let it drive itself? I'm like, no, I won't let it drive itself. But it was raining that night, so I couldn't really, like, gun it for him and stuff, you know? But he was like, ah. Oh. So is it all-wheel drive? It's all-wheel drive. Yeah. yeah it's, tw- it's, a, it's a dual motor, so it has a motor in the front and a motor in the back. So, yeah, I mean, if you were in snow and stuff, that would be pretty, you know, I mean. That'd be nice. The tires probably aren't worthy of snow, but at least you'd have. I got chains. No, I know. But what I'm saying, though, is you would you would have uh, it would actually it would pull you through pretty good. Yeah. So you're going to take it four wheeling. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, before we before we uh, go on, yes. um, anything else you'd like to say about uh, our little hiatus? Well, you know, I it was a, it was a good it was a good couple of weeks off. I missed you. Yeah, <laughs> minimal texting here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went on a balloon ride with my family, and you know, it was the first time to go up in a hot air balloon. Wait, a hot air balloon? A hot air balloon? Oh my goodness! It's like uh, this guy—he's—he's. Uh, he's, uh, where did you do that? We went up. We were in uh, Napa Valley, so we were north of San Francisco. Was it just awesome? One of the day trips, uh, Anne wanted to surprise the kids, so we we kept it a surprise, and uh, it was awesome. It was it was you know super peaceful. Super peaceful. There are a few more people than I wanted on there. You know, there's like a dozen of us or what? 13 of us or something in a, in this. So it's not like a little basket you're in. It's a little basket. Yeah. But it's a basket that fits six people in a compartment or something around about that. And they have the like the the big flame jet thing. Oh, the the burners on that thing are so many BTUs. It was like, dude, you could brew some beer with that. <laughs> Boil some wort. <laughs> so what is it, propane? It's liquid. Yeah, it, he explained it all. It's like liquid propane. And because it heats the liquid and it vaporizes the heated liquid propane, it burns much hotter than than if you were just spraying propane and then lighting it on fire. You know, if you. Yeah. Wow. It goes up through the coils as a liquid. And because it does that, it, it vaporizes at a much higher temperature. So it pushes out a lot more heat. And how high did you guys go? We didn't go too high, you know. Like 10,000 feet. Yeah, I think even lower, a little lower than that. We were worried. There was. Well, 10,000 would be high. I, yeah, probably about 2,500, I bet. I bet nothing more than that. Yeah. Yeah. That's still high, though. You know, people are still under an inch, I guess. You know, like the. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you're high up there. I don't know. I don't know how high we were, but the guy had great facts about ballooning and, <laughs> you know, like anyone who balloons has to have great facts about ballooning. Yeah. I mean, he'd been he'd been ballooning for 50 years. So it's like he had. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. He's like a long, long, long time guy. And and all I remember was when I was about Bryce's age or maybe a little bit younger, I was about, probably about 10 years old. My family wanted to go ballooning, you know, and they didn't keep it a surprise. So the the morning of the ballooning, you know, I woke up because we were supposed to be out of the house at like four thirty, five o'clock. So I woke up because I was super excited. How many years ago was this? 30, 30. No, what am I? 47, like 37 years ago, right? 10 years old. One pint, nine fluid ounces. That's what it is. Not an ounce. It just popped in my head. You're like 1.9 ounces. You're like one pint. There it is. Yeah, one <laughs> pint, nine fluid. Sorry to interrupt you, but it just popped in my head. Okay. Go. No, no worries. I'm having a great sentimental moment, and I'm glad you could think about how many ounces of beer that was. I didn't even think about it. It just popped in my head. Okay, go ahead. One go pint. Ahead. All right. So, uh, so 10 years old, running into the, my parents' bedroom, they're fast asleep. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to miss, we're going to miss the ballooning because my parents are asleep. And my dad, you know, I woke him up and he's like, they called this morning. It was too windy, too windy. I was like, oh shit. Oh, it got canceled. I was like, so we're going to, so we're going to go again. He goes, yeah, 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 we'll go again. So 37 years later, like nothing ever happens. You know what I mean? Like I've been waiting. Going, oh, you never went. We never went. Oh. And I, and I, you know, and I would bring it up here and there you know and every now and then and we never did it so i was like oh my god 
and then we get there and and it's kind of breezy a little bit and the and the guy the pilot pulls out a black birthday balloon and he puts it up he just lets go of it and we all watch it and he goes oh look it's kind of whipping around a little bit and he goes at the airport they're saying it's about 10 mile an hour winds and that'll put a basket on its side and i was like oh shit it's it's my it's my 10 year old all over again we're gonna get we're gonna get scratched (laughs) wait 10 miles an hour that's not even that high i would right But when the 10 miles an hour happens at the ground, it'll put a basket on its side. Well, and when you look at the the size of the balloon, I guess. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah, it'll drag the balloon fast enough to where it'll drag the, the basket. I'm sure I don't have the num- the numbers right, but the air inside of a hot air balloon or this hot air balloon was like 700, 800 pounds of air inside of this balloon. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's yeah, like, yeah. it's a mass of stuff. Wow. But but he's like, it calmed down. So he saw the balloon calm down enough. He's like, five miles an hour, we can deal with that. I think he's like, I think it's just the, the morning coolness burning off and all that stuff. Once the sun gets yeah. out, it'll be fine. So in order to balloon, you got to be in pretty still climbs yeah yeah and he said it's more about the wind wind speed on the ground because when you're in the air you're going with the wind yeah so it just makes your trip shorter you know when the wind is blowing because he's like he's got a path and he's got a follow car and you know you're going and you know if you're at the range of where he can put it down he'll have to put it down so obviously more heat rises it it floats it yeah what are they doing to put it down i mean how, how are they cooling it you release it you have a ba- you have a you have a diaphragm at the top. Oh, there's like a baffle up on top or something. There's a ba- there's a there's a one piece that sits and it's held in place just by pressure on the very top. And you have a baffle where you can Got it. pull down edges of the diaphragm and then there's one where you just pull the whole thing down and it collapses and the air releases very quickly out of the top and that puts you straight on the ground. And were there like sandbags hanging off the side like you see in movies? <laughs> no, the people, the the, so the ground crew was the sandbags. So he's like, I need more weight. I need more weight. So the guys would come and jump on the side of it. And That's he's like, hilarious. all right, we're ready to lift off. So everybody jumps off the outside and then we take off. That's funny. That's But yeah, it was it was amazing time. We're, you know, Ann and I are thinking about how we're going to do it again and where we're going to do it. I said, I, I like going over the, the vineyards. We were over vineyards in some neighborhoods and stuff like that. And it was okay. It was good. It was good for the first time. You got to go to the Balloon Fest in Arizona. That I think that's it. I think you got to go to somewhere where there's like ground features or the Grand Canyon or Monument Park or something, you know, some kind of national park where you can be over the national park. I think that's or yeah, or do just do one of those festivals or something. That would be so cool. Yeah. Was it expensive? It's very expensive. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> wow. Very. It was. That's why I was saying. I was like, yay, I made all the. Got all the refund from Sequoia and then, you know, dropped double going to San Francisco. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> anyway, how about how about you? Any any last thoughts on the, the time off? Uh, no, it was pretty quiet. I mean, just we're, we were just home doing our thing. And I mean, just basic, quiet, no frills, holiday stuff. Once the holidays were over, uh, Clarissa took the week off this week, which was nice. We were That's planning good. on doing some things and then Omicron's raging. So we're just like, you know what? let's just stay home and just get stuff done around here and kind of like i hate the term but kind of staycation it you know and yeah 
Well, what about what about your school? How's your school and the boys' school? Are they? Uh, I go back to work Monday. We'll find out. So we'll find out. You. So you guys are still going back to school? Yeah, I got a bunch of emails today that everything's going. Um, I guess there's a lot of kids currently quarantined and stuff. So uh-huh. school is going to the classes are going to be smaller. A lot of absences and the. the principal put out an email that said just make sure your google classrooms are all up to date and so kids can get into the classrooms from home Mm. so and then when they're done quarantining they come back you know so we'll see how monday goes probably pretty (laughs) quiet awesome so ted have you ever participated in one of those murder mystery dinners no i have not I would love to. Yeah, I've done it before. It's yeah? a lot of fun. Okay. And uh, I was not the murderer, nor did I solve it, but okay. still had a good time. Still had a good time. Uh, are you a fan of both the board game and the movie Clue? Yes. Then I have a movie for you, my friend. <laughs> Sell me on this movie. Death on the Nile. Yeah, Death on the Nile with Gal Gadot looking all good and... You wait, you had me at Gal Gadot. You didn't need all that other stuff to I didn't sell need me. that other stuff. Okay. <laughs> Is Gal Gadot in a movie? I'm there. <laughs> wait. <laughs> wait, I had you at Army Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Army Hammer coming out of retirement. Uh yes. Uh, was was he the murderer or is that only in real life? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man, this guy. Man, this guy. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, the way the trailer starts the first, I don't know, 30 seconds of the trailer, I'm like, uh, this one's for Anne. It is. No. It, well, it starts that way. Okay. And then as it goes, I'm like, what? This looks cool. And then, right. you know, and then it's like, what murder mystery that has like a French inspector saying, Melda. <laughs> Melda. You know, like, it's like. <laughs> The British, the British French (laughs) investigator. Yeah. And then they have all the Egyptian stuff, you know, on the archaeology trip. Uh And did you know, I think it was about two or three years ago up here near, uh, oh, about an hour north of us on the beach, like just south of Pismo, they excavated the sphinx what yeah no they excavated the sphinx and a whole egyptian at pismo beach just south of pismo yeah what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean what am i talking about there was this whole egyptian pyramids there's no egyptians there's no egyptians in pismo beach yes there were in 1910 ish there were no there was a silent movie hold on a second let me look it up really quick Okay. C.B. DeMille film. There it is. Yeah. Sphinx Lane. Unearthing the Mysteries. L.A. Times. See, there it is. So you see what they unearthed, right? Yeah. It was right on California's Central Coast. A Hollywood movie. Oh, Guadalupe. That's what it was. Just in the dunes there. 1923, The Ten Commandments. That's what it was. That makes sense. A a Cecile B. DeMille Cecil B. DeMille Cecil Cecile (laughs) Cecil B. DeMille filmed the silent movie The Ten Commandments in 1923 and yeah they unearthed it all so I was watching this I'm like wouldn't it be crazy if all of this like plays out there (laughs) 
long way to go. Long way to go. But it, I mean, it looks a lot of fun. I, I love murder mystery things. Everything's on the table. Everyone's on the table. They right. all have a motive. Typical murder mystery dinner fodder. Everybody's right. a suspect. Everyone has a motive. Who who done it? You know, of course. And you haven't seen the first movie. This is a sequel. Wait, get out. This is a sequel to Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Murder on the Orient Express. Wait. There- the one with the one with with uh Kenneth Branagh? No, that's a new one. Okay. This is the so it has um Yeah, no, I haven't seen that one. Uh Johnny Depp and Kenneth Branagh and then all you know, the cast of characters. Very similar to this. Oh, I should check it out. That sounds so. Check check that out. You know, and and to the point that you were making earlier about how the first thirty seconds are for Anne. You know, just think about how how easy it would be for Anne to check out, and how hard a trailer would have to work to get her back into it. <laughs> Where you and I, we're a little more resilient. Like we can sit through fifteen twenty seconds of something that's not for us. So you think. Anne has no stamina, or or maybe not stamina, has no tolerance. Exactly. Like, the minute it turns her off, she's out. I think so. It's two and a half minutes. <laughs> I'm not saying that she's not going to watch the rest. I'm going to say she's going to check out and not be as easily won back. Oh, I follow you. So you got you to gotta hook her early. So she'll watch. And then keep her. She'll watch, but... The buy-in her, her to decision. actually see the movie is made early, early on. It, okay, right. I follow you. So she's shallow in that regard. <laughs> right? Yes, yes. Okay. I, yeah, shallow is not the, the word I would use. But yes, she's, <laughs> she's less... She's less tolerant of, 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 yeah, of things that she does not want to see. Sure. <laughs> and it started, I was like, uh, I'm rolling my eyes, you know, right, and I'm right. like thinking it's like, uh, sort of like, which I enjoyed, but sort of like the movie Dig. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the guy went and, you know, he dug out the old boat from the vikings or whatever it was yes yeah you know something along those lines i thought it was good you know where it's like kind of the the uh the not not comedy but like the the romantic feel-good story where they go on this thing and it's like a husband-wife adventure right that's where i thought it was going and then it's like they just turn and it's like male deal and he's shooting a gun off at the bow of the ship like what is that all about so what are your thoughts on a movie from the 20s i'm assuming this is like from like what 19 like the thing we just read 23 right like the 40s or the 20s no i'd I'd say it's from the 20s probably like early archaeology kind of stuff Uh uh-huh what's your opinion of movies from that era with modern like depeche mode songs Well, there's no instruments in it, so at least it's a cappella depression. Yeah. <laughs> and we've talked about that before where you have like a period piece and the music is so modern far out there yeah you know and and the other side of it though could you go the other way if you had a modern movie but you're playing you know like i don't know swing music or like 1930s big band or something yeah i think i think you can i think it definitely it's a little less forgiving. Yeah, you'd have to have the right scene. The the other way. You have to have the right scene. You have to have the right uh, impetus. You have the right motivation to do it. I think for this song, uh, the Depeche Mode. Oh, man, what's the Depeche Mode song that this is? I forget. I can't remember. Um, 
Anyway, yeah, uh, Policy of Truth. That's the name of the song. Uh, <laughs> you really have to think about the lyrics. And I think that's why it went a cappella. So you could really focus on the lyrics. Yeah. And it's never again is what you saw the time before. So it's almost like it's the bait and switch. It's the it's the clues. We're going to give you clues, but you're not going to know what the clues are. And then at the end, we're going to have this reveal. It's going to be so great. And we're going to say, like, you could have known it the whole time because we're going to flash, 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 show you the scene, that scene, the other scene. And like, oh, we gave you all the clues. How could you not do it? You know? Right. So I like I like the idea of yeah just the content of the dialogue of the of the lyrics of the song driving the reason as to why the cutter chose this to put into this trailer. See, and what you say, though, we gave you all the clues. How did you not see it? Because they always do the flashbacks. Right, right, right. And the thing about it, though, is, yeah, they always give you the clues in those kinds of movies, but you have no idea what the clues are, what you're looking (laughs) at. Yeah. And it's and, and it's like piecing it in reverse is much easier than piecing it forward. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you're just like, oh, and then you smack yourself in the forehead and go, I'm such a dumbass. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but you gave me 50 clues and only one of them means something. Thanks. Right. <laughs> the sea of clues. <laughs> so I'm assuming based on, uh, you know, what you're saying, like, hooking Anne and all this stuff you guys are probably gonna watch this we're gonna see it yeah i think we'll probably see it in the theaters i don't know if this is i want to watch it it looks it looks cool i want to see the other one first though yeah the media on the orient express (laughs) media so this is 20th century studios so that means when are they good it's 2022 for christ's sake (laughs) when are they gonna get with the 21st century i don't know japers it's just a name come on 20th century it's nice i guess nice it's a it harkens to days past nice round number right all right man so i know you've been like busy ballooning and all this stuff (laughs) well you know what i did i did i did some more uh charging watching oh there you go charge watching you know at, at, at home because i haven't put in the charger in my house yet okay i can't charge overnight um, so I take it to the charger up the road and the other night I said, I'm going to watch, you know, I couldn't, I, I couldn't sell the family on count me in count me in the, 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 doc oh, the, you told the me to drummer, watch. the drummer doc. You asked me, you said the whole family. Okay. Did you watch it though? I watched it. I loved it. It was great. I just can't, I can't, I can't convince the family. I'll probably get Bryce to watch it eventually. I could. I, I thought for sure Audrey would have got into that because of the girl angle. Yeah, you know, I liked it. The girl angle was where she's like the drummer for Motley Crue. Oh, that was that was that was cool. That was there. It was it, the whole thing was very very cool, and it had it had this um it had this element that I've seen more and more in documentaries of this ilk. Um, and it's not even of this ilk like general documentaries like. Uh, even somebody feed Phil, you know, we were, we've also been watching. Oh yeah. Yeah. So in the episode, somebody feed Phil, you go to a city and he meets with these different chefs and notable people from the town or the country where he's visiting. And then at the end of the episode, he tries to have one meal where he brings them together. Okay. And this, and this gathering of the people that you've met during this, during the show, the gathering of the drummers at the end, the gathering of the drummers at the end, that was, that was nice. And it really wrapped it all up in a bow. And, you know, I loved 
everything about it. And I love, you know, when I saw Keith Moon with the ta- duct tape on oh. his head, I was like, hey, there's Jim. And Jimmy was so excited about. That was amazing. But I love that he's missing his tooth and he doesn't give a fuck. He's just, right, <laughs> he right, just right. smiles and he just throws TVs through windows. And it's like. That guy was insane, and, man. Uh, he was he was totally insane. And I love how the gag was that he didn't he didn't want to just throw a TV out the window. He wanted to make sure that the TV was working all the way <laughs> Playing down. all the way down. <laughs> so I, I was know. like, that's dedication. You got to You got to You got to admire stuff like that. And he won't stop until you laugh. <laughs> uh. So Keith between Keith Moon and John Bonham, you know, I knew those guys were legends and I just and I loved I loved it. You know, I loved that. It was <laughs> the Rolling Stones angle. That was kind of neat. I like the way they progressed through history. You know, they kind of brought yeah. you up through the ages. And then the whole Motley Crue thing was cool. They really didn't say what, what Tommy Lee was sick with. Quote, unquote, sick. He said he's sick out for six months. You know, I think, you know, there was there was probably something else going on there. But he was probably in rehab or something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like an overdose and rehab and all that to put together. But whatever. Right. Um. That wasn't part of the story, so I understand why you wouldn't even like mention that. But it was nice. I, I loved, I loved it, and I loved the, you know, the way it was cut together. It was, it was, it was great. It was a great, great doc. So yeah, uh, uh, thank you. And all the different interviews, and you know, it was one of those ones that was fed to me, and I was kind of like, I don't know, drummers and stuff. But <laughs> but then I'm like, okay, we'll give it a shot. And it was, it, I loved it. I loved it. So you have trainer fodder, and I have charger fodder. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll I'll uh, rip off a few yeah. of these. I'll give uh, like one word or like one sentence okay. review sort of a thing. Cool. Some of them are a little bit old and such. And then we'll stop on a few that we'll talk about and I'll see if you've seen them. And if not, okay. then okay. we can wait until you've seen them. Uh-huh. We watched, you know, like I said, we were on a couple week vacation. Mm-hmm. Boys don't have to get up for school and stuff. So we watched a bunch of movies. Not everything was with them, of course. But rest Rescuers Down Under. Oh, nice. That's an old one. Yeah, I like that. My opinion, one of the weaker of the Disney animateds. Okay. So it was, I mean, I liked it. We laughed. Did the boys They're, like it? Oh, they loved it. Yeah. Yeah, we laughed and stuff. And it was, I don't think it was weak because it was like the older animation. I think it was weak because hour 18. They're not even invested to put time into it. <laughs> you know, it was just so short and everything. And. You know, I think that like and it came like, what was it like 13 years after the first rescuers? I think they just felt they needed to put something out or something. And it was it was OK. You know, you know, the thing that gets me about the rescuers and I don't know whether it's rescuers or rescuers down under, but the villain, it just hits me as like this low rent uh, Cruella de Vil. Yes. And it's just like, you know, absolutely. It's like either get, you know, mention Cruella or something, you know, just you're just. You're just doing low rent Cruella, and I just and to me that's always struck me as like I'd rather watch two 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 hundred two hundred and two Dalmatians, no, one <laughs> one hundred and one Dalmatians or something, you know, like yeah, it, it, that was the thing that the villain was kind of like uh that that uncanny valley Cruella Deville. Yeah, uh, we watched Don't Look Up. Oh yeah, the recent one we just did. And did you like that, dude? It was awesome, dude. You did so. <laughs> 
it's so funny because we watched it and Audrey, luckily Bryce got the Oculus Rift, uh, no, not the Oculus, the Oculus Quest for Christmas. So we were like, all right, so there's some movies that Audrey's into at 15 that Bryce isn't going to care for. And this is one of them. Like, you know, there's nothing bad about that movie, but but it's just something that wouldn't hold. The satire doesn't really hold a 12-year-old boy's. Exactly. A lot of satire. <laughs> And it was just like, it was so well done. But I think when, when our house, like Audrey and I were into it, we were, we were bought in, we bought in from the beginning and had checked out early on. Why? So, so we're starting to watch it and Anne's starting to watch it and we see Meryl Streep and Anne sees Meryl Streep and she kind of, she's turned off by the character. She's turned off by the character. Well, she's like uh, the female Trump. Right. And she says, that's Meryl Streep. She's beautiful. What they do to her hair. Oh, my goodness. And then you you get in. And then 10 minutes later, you're into it. And you're like, it's a female Trump, of course. And then yeah, it's like, yeah. like, oh, I get it. I get it. It's fun. It's great. It's whatever. And she kind of wavered in and out. And the whole Ariana Grande thing was kind of a little ridiculous. And it kind of took Anne out of it. But Audrey and I stayed in it. Audrey's in it because she's waiting for Timothy Chalamet to show up. Well, what's the Ariana Grande thing you're talking about? Ariana Grande was the story that eclipsed it because she was breaking up or getting back together with her boyfriend. And oh, that one. You know, it took over the <laughs> took over the internet because people were more concerned about that than the end of the world. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was just a nice caps. You know, just a nice snapshot into. Uh, life in America in this in this time and age, you know. Right. So I agree. I loved it. You know how how did you guys fare? You guys were happy with the satire. It was poignant. Yeah, the satire was amazing. Uh, watching it, you're thinking like this is exactly what's wrong with. I mean. It was a play on climate change, a right. metaphor for climate change and everything, of course. Which is which is which was my prediction for back when we did the trailer. Yeah, exactly. And like with all the satire and the humor that went with it, the ending was very dark. Well, yeah, it was dark. You know, everybody <laughs> just, you know, spoiler alert at this point. Well, we did it on episode 178 <laughs> and it's 182. So uh, it's a month and a half, two months yeah. ago. So spoiler. But yeah, everybody dies. Well, not everybody. But Jonah. Yeah, Jonah Hill wins. <laughs> Jonah Hill lives. So do you, what do you think about the, the two end credits uh, scenes? I said they should have been reversed. Oh, you're talking about where... They go to the uh, Meryl Streep gets eaten by the crazy ex bird. Exactly. Yeah. They should have shown that one second because it happened so many thousands of years later. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They should have shown Jonah Hill. It's a first end credit scene. And he pops out. He's like, I'm still waiting. For yeah, my mom. right. I see. What and you then mean. and then you go. 22,000 years in the future, whatever it says. Right, right. Do you think that she had a body double to do the full full backle nudity? I don't know. Does she have a, a <laughs> tramp stamp? Do, do you think an artist, like a, a makeup artist, like tramp stamped her and, or they did it digitally? I think it's plausible that that was her, her ass. Could you imagine like you just lay on there like a massage table and an artist comes and does like a tramp stamp you temporary tattoo tramp stamp on you? And then does Meryl Streep keep it for like a month and she keeps it like. But I mean, if Meryl Streep has one for real. <laughs> Do you think Meryl Streep has a tramp stamp for real? No, no, no. But it's but it's but but it's good for a Trump like president character, you know, to have a tramp stamp. I think it's cool. Yeah. So you don't think her tramp stamp is a real deal no. in real life? And I love I love all the Jonah Hill saying like, if she wasn't my mom, 
<laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, that's so awful and yet so Trumpy. Lo- love it. All right. I know um, going back to episode 176, uh-huh. we finished The Witcher season two. Okay. And we're all caught up on The Book of Boba Fett. Okay, good. Two episodes, right? So are you caught up? We are caught up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you think so far? I think uh, we're we're bought in. I, I appreciate it. I like it. We're spending a lot of time, you know, explaining how he got out of the Sarlacc and all that stuff. <laughs> like, I was like, I get it. He crawled out of Sarlacc. He, he had, like, some Stormtrooper's oxygen or something. Well, in two episodes of... I know. <laughs> a lot of Tusken Raider stuff. A lot of Tusken Raider stuff. Yeah. So here's the thing. The Witcher... And The Mandalorian. Okay. It's the same show. Really? It's the same show. The Mandalorian, you know, he has Grogu and he's bringing the child wherever he needs to bring the child to rescue the child and right. kind of shepherd the child and all this. Uh-huh. And the Witcher is doing the same thing with the princess. Okay. And he has to get her to where she needs to go and he's kind of shepherding her along and all this stuff. Right. He has cool armor, cool weapons. He goes and fights crazy monsters. He befriends people where, where they need to be, be befriended, you know, and I mean, so similar, just a journey, a journey with a package. Yeah. And then it's well, now they got rid of uh, Gina, whatever her name is for all the. Oh, the anti-Semitic stuff and all that. The, stuff. Yeah. Whatever she was saying. But in The Witcher, there's like her parallel character, you know, and Yennefer and such. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's the same show. <laughs> but the Book of Boba Fett, it, I thought it was cool how they showed him down in the Sarlacc pit and, you know, he gets out and he punches through. But I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think two episodes of flashbacks with the Tusken Raiders. And then what do I care about, like, the train speeder? Well, you know, it's... Maybe we don't know enough about it yet. Yeah, but I also think it's just like, you know, the the original Star Wars was so entrenched in a Western... Right, a train robbery. Western science fiction. Yeah, Western science fiction that, you know, Solo tried to do it with a train robbery of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, right. they've been doing train robberies or some kind of heist in this Star Wars epics for a very long time. And that's exactly what I thought watching it. I'm like, yeah, it is a space Western. And here we are. Like we're, we're chasing down with the speeders (laughs) and they're, they're running along the top of the train. When, when he goes off to kill the guys with that own the speeders and take the speeders back. Somebody's like, you know, our family's like, he's just going to get one speeder. How can he carry five speeders home? Well, how do you bring five horses back? That's the same way you bring five <laughs> right. horses. Exactly. You just tie them thought, all up together and you I ride thought the same one. Thing, you know? man. It's just like, uh, but I like the, so I like the idea of they, they, they humanized the Tusken Raiders. Right. But they kept them garbed you know what i mean like and i and i and i'm and i'm torn whether i wanted them to even pull the masks off or to leave the masks on and i think you know it's a subjective call and i think that the fact that they left their masks on and they still accepted him in shows like uh it humanizes them as a people and it gives them a little more depth i think i wanted to see one of their faces i wanted to see 
the the one in black, the Tuscan Raider, all in black, that taught him how to fight. Yeah, I wanted to see that that was a woman. I wanted her. It looks like it is. I wanted her to take her her helmet off and to be revealed as a woman because she was kicking everybody's ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Like- and I thought when he went on his walkabout journey thing. To you know, to go get the tree branch that he brought back for his own, <laughs> with, with his, uh, with his lizard up his nose. <laughs> right, yeah, the lizard t- showed him how to get there. I thought for sure when they started wrapping him in robes, I thought for sure they were gonna put the whole head thing on and everything on his face. Yeah, 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 and then he just they they ended at the hood. Right. So I was a little disappointed in that. And he looked, and he looked a lot like Darth Vader pre. Like when he was still like the last days of Anakin kind of thing. Oh, right. Yeah. I didn't think of that. But. Or, or or the or the emperor. He looked kind of like the emperor. I think Bryce yeah. was saying he looked like the emperor. Okay. Okay. But yes, we're all caught up and we're excited to see it go. I, I liked how he's trying to be this diplomatic leader where the where the, the huts were this, you know, criminal organization and kind of like mafia leaders and he's trying right. to bring the softer touch right. to the to the leadership, which is crazy. It is killing people and stuff, but whatever. And did you guys watch Under the Helmet, the legacy of Boba Fett? No. Where is that? It's on Disney Plus. Is that on Disney Plus? <laughs> yeah, and it's it's about thirty minutes or like twenty five minutes. It's not real long, but okay. it goes over like why is Boba Fett a big deal? You know, he was like one minor character. Yeah, not even minor. He had like three lines. Eighteen minute, eighteen minutes of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're watching it, and I said. You know, the one thing I had when I was a kid, because they go to this guy's Boba Fett Museum, uh-huh. or it's like a Star Wars museum, or is it a Boba Fett Museum? I don't remember which. I think it's, that eh, doesn't even matter. But so I said, the one thing I hope they, they talk about is the mail order Boba Fett action figure. Oh, yeah. Because I had that thing. Oh, you did? Yeah. I, I ordered it away. With the, with the, with the jetpack? With the missile pack? Yeah. So what you did was you ordered it away. You ordered away for it. Uh Uh-huh. And it was something like six, eight months or a year later, this thing shows up in the mail. Crazy. Comes in like a little janky cardboard box (laughs) with just like in a plastic bag. Nice. And I was telling Clarissa all this, right? Uh Uh-huh. And I said, oh, man, I wonder what that thing's worth today. Sure enough, five minutes later... They're showing it. They're talking about it. They're talking about the mail order thing and all this <laughs> stuff. It's worth like 150 grand. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, now, don't get me wrong. Because you and I you and I had it and we're chewing on it. <laughs> right. Well, don't get me wrong. Probably if it's still in the plastic bag and stuff, you know. Right, but, right, right. but of course, like, even not, it's probably worth at least 50 grand. <laughs> Did you call your mom? Mom, where's my stuff? Where, <laughs> mom, where's Boba Fett? <laughs> you know, but I couldn't believe it. Uh, couldn't believe it, man. And I was, just, I even told Clarissa before they even, I'm like, that thing's probably worth a ton. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next on the list, have you seen Squid Games? Yes. Did you watch the whole thing? Uh, we just finished the Tug of War episode. Uh, okay. All right. So almost to the end. That's two thirds of the way or something like that. Almost. Yeah. It's like a it's couple like more the, episodes. I think it's like the sixth, fifth, fifth or sixth episode. Something. And how many are there? Nine or ten or something? I don't know. But so far, it's gruesome. You like? Are you liking it? Yeah, it's gruesome. I mean, what I think is going on, which the way it appears is they're killing all these people for the game. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you're, no, the but, la- you're the last people to watch. What's good I games. know. That's why I'm laughing. 
No, but it seems like it's uh, a organ harvesting ring or something. But <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it when you're done. Okay. Yeah. We we like I said, we finished the tug of war, and there's um, I don't know. They're down to like forty people or something. Is that another pour, <laughs> or is that a new beer? Yeti pumpkin spice. Did you finish the other one? I finished the other one. Oh, okay. Unimpressive. Yeah. I'm going to tell Frank to get his money back. I'm sure he spent <laughs> top dollar. Oh, for that. I bet he did. I bet he did. Um, Both Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Okay. And Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Wait, where did you see that? Uh, We rent. Well, we saw Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them on Peacock. Okay. For free, right? For free, yeah, and then it's like you watch like a couple minutes of ads to start, and then it's ad free the whole way through. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and then Crimes of Grindelwald. I think we rented it off of Apple um, for like four bucks. Okay. Um, and that goes way back to episode eighteen. Wow, really? Yeah. So Johnny Depp and <laughs> and you know Mad Mads is the Mads is the new one. Yeah, April comes the Dumbledore one. And Mads takes over the the uh, Johnny Depp role. Right. And another one, uh, Metallica, Some Kind of Monster. Oh, okay. So that was a 2003 documentary on Netflix. And it's pretty much exactly the same thing as The Beatles Get Back. <laughs> but Metallica. <laughs> I mean, it is the same story. They're all angry. They're arguing. One leaves. They got to bring him back. And <laughs> Do you think they just th did it as a spoof to get back? <laughs> no, this was done in 2003. I know, but, but get back it happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. I see what you mean. No, I don't there, there think There were stories so. around it, you know? Yeah, I don't think so. You know, but it, it was good. I mean, it's Metallica. If you're uh, into Metallica, you'll like it. You know, I, I I feel like that is that is the quintessential. So when I'm charging the Tesla, I watch stand up comedians, <laughs> stand up comedians, and documentaries. That's right. All, that's right. all I watch because it's easy. It can fragment. It doesn't matter. Exactly. And these are the kinds of things. Oh, and I was and I and I was watching your uh, your. I was watching Turning Point, the the nine eleven oh, the documentary one. series, and I was watching it at home. And Anne was doing something else, and I was watching it on my iPad, like over lunches and stuff. And and I was doing dishes, and you know, and she's like, "Why are you into the nine eleven stuff?" I was like, "Jimmy said it was a good documentary. <laughs> like, get on my back. I'm not into nine eleven. I'm not I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything. You know, it's all false." <laughs> It's all false. This the real narrative is false. It's all they brought it down on purpose. And then she was she was like judging me, and I was like, "Don't judge me because I'm watching a documentary." Judge you for what? She was like, "I didn't think you're into 9/11 docs." Well, there's nothing about being into it. <laughs> well, then I said, "I'm just gonna I'm gonna just table it and just keep it for my my solo time when I'm charging the Tesla." Yeah. No, it's funny though. I do the same like the Metallica one and stuff. I do the same. Like if I'm if I'm riding the trainer by myself, I'll put on something like that because I know Clarissa is not like there's no story, so right, right. she tends not to be into it. But we finally saw Black Widow. Oh, good. So episode one fifty six. So that was uh, a number kind kind of a while ago, but yeah, uh, it was good. It's forgettable. But does it help you tie in the end of Black Widow? Helps tie in with uh, Hawkeye. It does. I don't think you needed to watch Black Widow to figure out. I mean, the trailer was enough. Okay, right. Okay. 
Yeah, the trailer for Black Widow was enough for Hawkeye because you saw where who you know who the person was, his, her sister. You saw the story come, and really there was nothing about the Hawkeye thing until the last like thirty seconds on the after the credits. Right. Okay. So yeah, it didn't. But I mean, but 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 Florence Pugh's character when you see her in Hawkeye, I think if you had seen Black Widow before that, maybe she hits you kind of different. Yeah, I could see that. You know, like oh wow, she's in this one. What's going on? You know, and yay. And uh, but now overall though, it was good. I liked it. Um, I think of all the Marvel movies, it's it's you know, I mean, not all of them are that great. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Um, it's kind of like you have Captain America and then Captain America Winter Soldier. And then, you know, some of them just for whatever reason, they just stand out more. I think this is one that stands out less. OK. Uh, the ninth, the 2014 Neil deGrasse Tyson Cosmos. So we've been oh, watching yeah. that. Yeah. The boys are into that and they like it. Have you seen it before or you didn't? You yeah, didn't I saw it before, okay. but this is their first time. So that's why it's uh, mentionable. Okay. My favorite series of 2021. Outrageously amazing. I loved it. We all loved it. It was so good. The whole series was less than an hour. What? Doug Days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you guys watch it? <laughs> yeah, we watched it. We watched it. Yes. Was that so much fun? It is a beautiful little uh, moose bush. Exactly. The whole series is... Is like 50 minutes. Yeah. The whole season is just one bite, one bite, one bite. Yeah. No, it's amazing. What was your favorite episode? I mean, I haven't seen. I, we watched them right when they came out. Oh, my God. It washed over me. I think the squirrels. I think when he put the boxes on the squirrels, I think that was one of my favorite. Yeah. The squirrels. The fire was good because he kept doing all the smells i mean the puppies are great i mean every it's all it's all good yeah the doorbell rings there's that noise <laughs> i need to see who's there it was it's a it's a feel good there's nothing bad you know <laughs> it's just the mind of a dog and the mind of a dog is just the blissful, innocence of a dog blissful ignorant yeah, yeah. happiness <laughs> yeah the innocence of a dog you know so it was it was i loved it I, you know, I was speculating, though, because there was like, I think it was six episodes or something. It was like six, like, I don't even know what it was, like nine minute episodes or something like that, whatever it was. Right, right. Yeah. They didn't do any more than those six. And I'm thinking because Ed Asner passed away while they might have been doing them or something. Or or do you think they only slated sis six? Yeah, I thought they wrapped before Ed Asner passed. Oh, OK. OK. Um. But yeah, I, you know, I just up is one of those things where I remember when we were when we were in the midst of the marketing for up and pre, you know, I I think up was one of the first movies that one of the first Pixar movies when we when I started working there. What year was up? I'm going to say 2010 because we watched that not too long ago as well. 2009. Oh, man. Price is right rules. I lose. So so I started at Disney in 2008. So this is 2009. Okay. And so it's definitely one of the first movies that that I was helping on the marketing on the kids network side. And I don't know whether they pushed it or whether they planned on it, uh, but there were some of these things that we put on the air called episodes. Episodes. And it and it was little little vignettes. It was little like toolkit vignettes where we took uh, Russell and Carl, you know, and at that time we really didn't know about Doug. Doug was kind of still under wraps, but we had this, you know, nature wilderness explorer 
and this old curmudgeon and they were trying to do things with them with toolkit so it's them in this weird white background and they would just like do different things and and walk through the frame and do do crazy things as they walk through the frame and i think we had some of kevin because the the big the big bird was was uh was novelty and it was kind of a mystery as to what was going on but we strung these things together because we had a long lead time and i think the the crew behind it the the animators behind it were just in love with these characters and they did did so much with it and it's one of the first times that i saw p doctor like Pete Doctor is one of the one of the creators of this, and it was he was you know like executive crush like totally like <laughs> he came and he he presented the movie and he and he's like we're in a big theater with four hundred people and and typically with animatics I fall asleep but the animatics with this were just beautiful watercolors of them walking up in the hill and doing all that stuff. And it was just, it was such a moving, such an emotional story and not, and it, and it ran the gamut. It wasn't happy. You know what I mean? It has, it has a poignant, you know, happy upside, but all of these vignettes, all these little things like the Doug thing and Doug days, they're all so upbeat. It's just amazing. Loved it. Yeah, I, we loved it. I mean, it was, like I said, it's it's my favorite series of the of last year. Oh, awesome. And then last, but certainly not least, uh, we all watched Brave for the first time. The boys watched Brave? Yeah, the four of us did. Wow. You Wait, you've never seen Brave? I never saw it. Oh, Brave. Okay, Brave. Okay. The redheaded archery girl? Yes, so Brave. Okay, I was thinking because Netflix just really just uh bought or just acquired braveheart oh braveheart <laughs> and i was thinking mel gibson braveheart you watch that with the boys it's a little dark brave no brave the, the yeah the the disney all right so hit me with Bra- your your review of brave was nothing of what i expected it to be okay that's good uh in other words what was the point of the archery <laughs> So she was this archer and all this archery stuff, and they were playing into that. She's skilled. She's just skilled. Well, okay, but you're thinking like this is going somewhere. She's going to save the day with her archery skills. And Oh, so you thought it was a Chekhov's gun kind of situation that didn't pay out. Exactly. Oh. Okay. Okay. So you're because you're going into it with all that, and then all of a sudden it's this witch and getting her mom back, you know. And archery never like if she used her archer skills to get her mom back somehow. Okay, sure. I always thought that the so the archery is introduced when she's with her horse and going through the through the woods. The woods. Yeah. And the payoff for the archery is when she splits the the arrow of her suitors. Yeah. So that's the payoff. So that it completes the archery sub story. Yeah. Right, I understand. And that was really early on in the movie, I guess. And it's really about the bear. It's about the It's more about the bear. It's about the legacy of Mordu. Right. <laughs> I was just expecting by the way it was like advertised and the things that you see and right. all the stuff that goes with it. I thought the archery played just a bigger role in the story. And it just kind of left you hanging and you were waiting for it to do a third act. Exactly. Come back. And it might have. Yeah, that might have tied in more neatly if it had something in there. Yeah. Even even if it was like a denouement, even if it was like something at the very end where she pulls out archery to like even be funny, you know? Agreed. Ex- Agreed. Something. Well done. Well 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 noted. Overall, 
I mean, we all liked it. It was, it was, you know, kind of a feel good. And then, of course, when the mom comes back, you know, and the little brothers were cute and right, the triplets. They're yeah, they're always getting into their mischief. And you know, I know the boys really got into all their mischief <laughs> whenever they were doing their little. They were on their little missions and all right, this stuff. Right. Yeah. So so Tim and Mike. But you were missing. You you were missing having a daughter. <laughs> exactly. And I think that gives you much more poignance. When you have the mother-daughter relationship that is this uh, quintessential dynamic of tension. Well, and they have the conflict among them. And yeah. The t- yeah, the tension among them. and But they know in the end, like, Mom, I still love you. It's uni- And it's a universal thing. Like, I'm sure Clarissa can think, you know. Oh, yeah. About her childhood. And I know Audrey and Anne were definitely in it and hugging you know what i mean throughout the movie you know so, right so it is a yeah overall though it was good i mean you know uh i don't know what you'd call it, like more of a uh slant on the mother-daughter thing like you're saying but i could still relate and it was it was enjoyable did it feel like a pixar movie to you a little bit I mean, it, if it's the least Pixar of all the Pixar movies. Oh, it was Pixar? Yeah. Oh, because I said Disney. <laughs> right. Well, Disney Pixar. But, you know, it's it's a Pixar movie and it feels like it belongs in Disney. Totally does. Disney Disney shelf in the princess line. You know what I mean? Like it's the princess no, lineage. A hundred percent. But it's a Pixar movie. I thought it was in the princess line. <laughs> it might wow, as well okay. be. Okay. So there you go. So. Wow. See? Yeah. I mean, Wally and and Brave. They, they they fringe the the edge the edges of Pixar. You know, ones in an uh, sci-fi space. You know, right? Fantasy and ones this pre-historical lore fairy tale. Well, that's it for us. I mean, I know we covered a bunch of stuff you were watching, like uh, Boba Fett, and you know, obviously Doug Day, Squid Games, <laughs> all that. Yeah, what, there's some of the, something else that we watch. Oh. So I finally bought Arthur Christmas. I don't know if you're a fan of Arthur Christmas. Arthur Christmas? I'm not familiar. So Arthur Christmas is about uh, the Santa Claus family. So we watch it many, many years in a row. You could find it on different streaming services all over the place. But now all the streaming services have stopped paying for other, um, other, other Christmas movies from other places because they've built up their own. Everybody has their own library. Cachet of their own library of Christmas movies. You know, Netflix has a great bunch of Christmas movies. They don't need this anymore. So I ended up just buying it. I mean, like, we see Arthur Christmas every year, but we've missed the past couple of years because he had to, like, rent it or buy it or something. So I bought it. I bought it in our library, so we have it now. And we watch it, and we love it. It's, you know, it shows, like, four generations of Santa Clauses, and uh, it's a power play, power struggle, you know, in the Santa Claus family on passing down the the reins, so to speak, of, to the reindeer. Um, so it's, it's a nice story and it's a great, great one. If you guys haven't seen it, you guys should definitely see it. Yeah, we have not. So I'll have to put it on the back burner for next Next year because Christmas is over and I don't do Christmas movies. And since you guys haven't seen it, I think I'll. Oh, we'll figure out a present, a way to gift that to you guys somehow. <laughs> oh, and this could have been the tenth anniversary of Arthur Christmas. Oh, we did. We saw. We saw it. So we're we're all good. But <laughs> we'll give it to you on the eleventh. There's whatever. There you go. It's not quite there. It's the eleventh anniversary. So. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the biggest uh, Christmas one we watched. And then because we were in San Francisco and because the family hadn't seen it ever before and because today is Nick Cage's birthday, we decided that we'd show the kids The Rock. Oh, nice. 
we did a boat cruise <laughs> around the around Alcatraz in the bay. Can you go in the prison still? You still can, but the all the cruises that we were looking, you know, we booked it last minute, so it was kind of like Cuz I've been in the I've been in the prison before. Oh, you have? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That was you you kind of have to plan a little bit more for that, so we were just in the cruise around it. Um and we took Dramamine right before we got on the boat. And we took the regular Dramamine, not the non-drowsy Dramamine. And and a lot of us were sleeping a little bit there. So Bryce said, this is the most, the nicest, most expensive nap I've taken in a long time. That's hilarious. I was at, I said, this is a lot, this costs a lot less than the balloon ride, kid. So you're good. Yeah. Yeah. No, you go in the, you go into, uh, Alcatraz and you know they show you like oh, these are the bullet holes from the riot of 62 and Ugh. and then you see the beds from where the escape from Alcatraz dudes were from the movie the Clint Eastwood movie nice and uh, yeah did they talk about the the Native Americans like they do talk about that yeah they, so they got a little they protested about the Native and, American protest and how they painted, exactly. the, painted the outside and stuff right that was kind of cool I didn't know about that so it's fun but yeah the rock welcome to the rock <laughs> Welcome to the rock, gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. And that was uh, Sean Connery. Sean Connery, Nick Cage. It's so funny because Nick Cage is so young in that. Audrey kept saying, like, I know Nick Cage from National Treasure, and this Nick Cage is a lot younger and more attractive. (laughs) Did you ever see the one where he's the criminal and Sam Jackson's like the guy who owns the house? But he breaks in and Sam Jackson is like this PhD, like no Nobel laureate or something. (laughs) And the police get it all backwards and think the black guy is the one breaking in the house. (laughs) But Nick Cage is the criminal. But because he's white, they think he lives there. Amos and Andrew. (laughs) Amos and Andrew. I haven't seen that. Oh, you got to watch that one, man. It is hilarious. Yeah, and he's like, you know, it's like the whole like, yeah, miss, uh, miss, what do you got? Misinterpretation, no, miss, yeah, or misdirection or whatever, and and uh, the police get it all backwards, you know, and they're like after um, Sam Jackson because he's the guy who, just because he's he's black, black, you know. Yeah, that was a funny one. All right, man. Well, another amazing episode for episode 182. Just uh, 182, the first episode of 2022. There you go. In the can. Thank you. In the can. All right, man. We'll see you next week week. for 183. Awesome. All right, Ted. You have a good night. Bye. Next week, join Jim and Ted as they disarm another Hollywood bomb or marketing masterpiece. Remember, the holy trinity of podcasting. Subscribe, like, share. Special thanks to Jeremy Kent Jackson for the voiceover and Rogelio for the music.